Welcome to the What's Your Weird Story podcast. Everyone has at least one good story. And some of us have stories that are just to the left of normal. We're interested in the ones that push the boundaries of what we can perceive. Stories that defy explanations. Stories with an air of mystery. Stories we might not share. For fear of being thought of differently. But don't worry. We're all friends here. So, what's What's your weird story? story? Hello, Weirdsville. Hope everyone is enjoying their morning, afternoon, evening, late night, however, whenever you're catching us. We hope you are having a decent time. I know that I'm having a decent time, and I am with one of the most decent human beings on the planet, my best friend and co-host, Mr. Adam Beebe. How are you, Professor? Ah, well, thank you so much for that adequate uh, introduction. Very decent of you, sir. Uh, Mr. Smiling Sensei over there. I am doing well. Thank you very much. And how are things for you? Good, good. Everything's good. We got a big uh, um, Aikido seminar coming up this weekend. We are hosting in Oklahoma City, so we're looking forward to that. We've got uh, probably 25 people that are going to make their way across country to to join us and um, always look forward to it it's fun to spend time with really great people and mm-hmm. um, you know when you when you share blood and sweat with people it really does uh, it, 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 it it forms bonds you know so it's it's fun and looking forward to that and other than that we're just kind of dealing with this crazy ass wind that's whipping across the country right now mm. uh i mean it, it it is absolutely blowing out there i'm sure it's coming your way i don't know when it'll get there but uh i'm, I'm sure it's on its way oh yeah i'm sure it is too well that's springtime in that you know yeah it's, yeah it's officially here and uh Soon the the pollen will be causing the death of me for a few yeah. months, but uh, yeah, I, you know, still, you know, it's I guess that's it's living good. in it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right, it's living. Uh, I wanted to tell you, sir, about a uh, a decent band since everything's so decent today. Oh yeah, uh, a really good band that I just stumbled across the other day and uh uh usually i i you know text you these things but i thought i'd yeah. share it here on the podcast because you know it's it's cool um so the band is called the boys next door have you heard of them i haven't no well go on to spotify check out the album door door okay and uh it is it's a it's old it's that's an album from 1979 it's nick cave Ooh. on lead singing okay. and it sounds he sounds like he's singing for a uh, a less raucous misfits oh uh, wow with with uh flares of um uh brian eno and also a good dab of uh television yeah and Modest Mouse. Oh wow! Okay, that damn. Makes any sense? Okay, that's cool, man. I definitely it's, will check that out, man. Yeah, 
that album, that whole album was was like good. I, I it popped up on my like when I when I do my Sunday drives. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like to take stay and just listen to full albums. Sure. You know, and yeah. Random full albums that I'll pick from uh, my liked list on my Spotify. Yeah. And, uh, that came up and I because I liked one of the songs, but I for, I think it's probably on my discovery type yeah. thing. But yep. uh, I went and listened to the whole album and just bangers. Yeah. Man, just. Like that's great bangers you know i i embarrassingly i i i haven't spent much time with nick cave but um i know so many people that um you know have he he's influenced and mm-hmm. and have just a deep regard for his stuff and i'd l- i would love to check that out man i you know i i kind of I kind of get into that thing where it's like, I want to know, like, we know who Nick Cave is sort of mm-hmm. throughout the zeitgeist, but like, where did he come from? You know, yeah. like, it's kind of like that with like early cure. If you go back, listen to early cure, it's like so interesting to listen yeah. to them as they're forming and he's trying to figure things out and just how it's always been good. And it's yeah. always been, but there's a rawness there, you know, and yeah. it's just, uh, that's cool. I will check that out for sure, yeah. man. Yeah, absolutely. Like with Nick Cave, you know, he's like I first. Well, I first saw him uh, way back yonder in at Lollapalooza. Okay. In, wow. Uh, in '94. Yeah. Wow. Um, and he was just him on a, at a piano, I think, if I okay. recall correctly. So, and he had been around for a while then. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, his Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. Yep. And that's kind of his more, what he's been with the longest, I think. That's the project he's been with the longest. But he's been with other projects. Uh, Grinder Man uh, is another good one. And those are kind of like, um, they're kind of slower. They're all, he's always very got very dark sounds. So it's kind of murder yeah. ballads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, D- doesn't he do um, a blog or something? Or like... He, Mike? Something like somebody said that like I don't know where I got this from, but he would do like he, he would reply to people like um, I, I I didn't he have a, a a son that passed away or something like that like it was a pretty yeah I think one of his kids Maybe. died and like there was a time when like he was using that to help other people mm. and um, posting like you know sentiments and things when people would cool. write to him and so i thought that was cool man i thought that was, that was really cool yeah yeah so yeah definitely check out nick cave cool. the bad seeds grinder man uh the birthday party um that that was i think the group after uh boys next door nice and uh, he's just uh yeah super solid and just been around forever and you nice. know probably probably one of the most well-known Australian musicians out there. I tell you what, man, I, I speaking of music, I today it's so funny but like the Tiny Desk U2 Tiny Desk thing mm-hmm. came up and I watched it and it was just like and I I would consider myself to be a you know, a U2 fan, you know, like not a huge fan, but like I yeah, yeah I, I enjoy you know, of course like uh like uh, the Joshua Tree is such a great record, man, but um I just watched it, and I don't know what it was, man, but it just, like, it really touched me, man. I was just like, um, I don't know what it is, man. It was like everything. It was like their performance plus, like, just their rawness and uh, the hope that they bring. Mm. Uh, it just, all those things culminated into this, like, I was just very touched, man, and, 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 and like, 
that's the beauty of music. That's, Absolutely. That is, um, I hope everyone has a, a, that kind of connection with music. Yeah. Because um, it's the one thing that just just goes straight to the heart for me. And, mm-hmm. and, and when mm-hmm. it's just wonderful when something hits you like that. And it's, you know, it's like, it, it, it's just one of those pure expressions of humanity. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, and we explore that a little bit on, on, on the podcast today with our uh, guest today, Miss Allison. That's right. I was just going to make that point myself. Uh, I'm very astute of you, my friend. Thank you, sir. Today's guest is Allison uh, Sutter, and she is an author, uh, and we spoke to her about... uh, Gosh, a lot of things, yeah. and um, it was a great conversation. We were very fortunate to fortunate to have uh, had it and had Allison as our guest. So uh, let's get to it. Joining us from the windy city of Chicago uh, is Allison. Allison, thank you very much for joining us. What's your weird story? Thanks for having me. Oh my gosh! So, how much time do we have? <laughs> <laughs> much you, you, you want the supernatural? I'll bring it. Cool. All right. Um, great. Great. I've got tons of tons of stories, um, but part of my platform is taking this concept of a being supernatural out of it and just making it natural. Gotcha. Um, yeah. I am of the. I am the teacher that says, you know what? Everybody is spirit. Everybody connects with spirit. So it's not actually abnormal to have spiritual connections, whether you're a medium, a channel, whether you have dreams, whether you have inclinations. It's actually very, very normal. So I'm not going to spook you out. I'm not going to, you know, freak you out in any way. But when I was age three, and this is all in hindsight, of course, because when you're three, you don't really discern between the spirit world and the human world. You yeah. have this mobility that mm-hmm. happens quite naturally. But in hindsight, I remember being three and having, well, first was a dream that I had that, and it, was, it wasn't really a dream because the dream is the best word I can attach to it, but it was more like a remembrance. And I'm standing on the stage and there's like a sea of people out before me. And the more that I focus on love, the more the physicality disintegrates and I become the being of light and love that I am. Mm. And so that was my natural recollection of who I really was. Wow. Um, and that was at age three. So, of course, I don't talk about it with anyone because when you're three, you don't really have, you know, a need to express yeah, things because right. you don't think it's weird. It's just what's happening. Right. Yeah. Um, and I believe I had extra dimensional communication. I don't, I remember vividly being in communication. I don't really have the words to connect at this point with what that was. Mm-hmm. It's just multidimensional consciousness, right? And it comes to whatever form yeah. that we perceive it in. Sure. Um, fast forward a little bit into middle school. So th- all of these things connect. Um, in terms of clairvoyance, clairsentience, clairaudience, but these are like the pieces that are sort of in a timeline way mm-hmm. significant. Then I remember being in middle school, and of course, middle school is super boring, and you're in social studies class, and you're like, what gives? This is dumb. Yeah. And then I see this kid bring this picture of Greece, and I'm looking at it, and I'm like, electricity. It's just this 
picture. And it's like, remember this. So I had this very poignant, energetic moment. And then I file it away. Mm-hmm. And then we go forward and my teens were super traumatic. I took drugs. I did a lot of alcohol. I tried to numb because I wasn't intuitive. I knew things. My dad was a surgeon and he said, no, if it's not, if you can't see it, it's not real. Right. So combined with his like disengagement of anything emotional with the trauma in the family, I just like I was like, okay, I'm weird and nobody gets me and that's just the way it is. So I tried to numb myself and Mm -hmm. and dull myself down quite a bit. Then when I was 20, my mom has developed cancer, six weeks diagnosis to death. She had pancreatic cancer very Mm -hmm. quick. So I'm 20, she's 53. And so fast forward to the moment where she takes her last breath and she goes from halfway physically focused, halfway non-physically focused, because I said we're all spirit, to 100% non-physically focused. In an instant, I knew what happens when we die. Instantly. Wow. Wow. But mind you, I'm not, I'm not interested in self-development. I'm not interested in spirituality. None of it. But I knew the consciousness is a form of energy and intelligence based in love because all the crap that we'd been dealing with did not go with her. Mm-hmm. She was pure love. Mm. Wow. Wow. So I had, so they had that. And then fast forward a little bit more and I'm on a boat traveling to Greece. I had studied in Paris and I, my friend of mine and I were like, okay, let's go travel. So we got on a, and of course my dad said, do not go to Greece. There's political unrest. It's not safe. Whatever you do, don't go to Greece. So I go to Greece. <laughs> of course. <laughs> what, what era was that? The, 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 the 90s yeah like 93 yeah, yep. yeah. Um, there's been a lot of volatile stuff in greece over the past few decades but yeah that was yeah. particularly uh, right oh well, we went i got on a boat you know and of course on the boat i noticed this guy i'm like oh he's cute okay and then on the way off him and his buddy and my me and my friend decided to go travel together um well that that's my husband. He's my husband. I did not correlate the vision in middle school, which is prophetic because intuition has a prophecy to it to a certain degree when you allow it to be. Um, but that's where I met my husband. who's currently my husband. We've been married for 26 years. Wow. Now, was he, Um, uh, was he a, a a native Grecian or was he a, a, a fellow traveler? He lived in Wisconsin. <laughs> okay. That's <laughs> Michigan. It's like synchronicity, man. It's like I, he was living in Aix-en-Provence and he was studying and he happened to be traveling with his buddy. And, and you know, all the signs were like, you know, don't go that way. But when you're following your intuitive nature, you could call yourself a rebel because mm-hmm. most people don't always line up with what is intuitively right for you. But I was divinely guided, spiritually guided, didn't know it yet. Um. So that's another story that kind of, in hindsight, you begin to piece these. When you allow yourself to be the true intuitive, spiritually connected being that you are, you have these recognitions. And of course, didn't realize till later, too, that one of the word vomits that I said to my mom when I was 20 was like, I'll write a bunch of books, like, or I'll write a book because it sounded super important. But I didn't like reading. I wasn't, I wasn't a great student. Yeah. Um, but I said it. Wow. Right. I've written two children's books, three self-help books. I helped my daughter publish two books. I have a tattoo of books, nine books on my arm. Like That's amazing. That's amazing. That, yeah. That's intense. It's, it, that, that is like, um, 
You know, that's one of those things. It's amazing, first of all, that you remembered the, the, the points in your life that you can go back to as touchstones and go, okay, that was a thing that I thought of. And then it came true or whatever. It's like, it's one of those strange, strange things that I've had those moments too in my life where these weird things happen and, and I don't quite know how to process it. I maybe am better at it now than I was when I was younger, but that's pretty amazing and pretty profound. I mean, that is, mm-hmm. you know, wild. It makes sense because now I understand I'm a channel, I'm a medium, I channel right. You know, I've yep. connected, I, I do medium. Like all of it makes sense in hindsight. Right. When you when you allow yourself to adopt the label of an intuitive, a channel, a medium, you know, yep. then you go, oh, okay. And it's sort of like because you shift into that vibration, it unlocks the connection to all the things right, that yeah. you previously experienced that you didn't connect. Yeah. Sure. You open yourself up. I guess when you recognize it, you open yourself up to to understanding and to you know you open up those that that door or to to well to knowledge of course but mm-hmm. recognizing oh it's always been this way and this is just right now the cul- yeah. naming is the culmination of it and it's just like okay mm-hmm. your acceptance right yeah so it's just about put it's about adopting a comfort level with these kinds of terminology and then it wasn't until my 40s when I was finally, and actually until my dad died. Once he died, I, I was able to go, okay, I'm no longer scared of what you think mm-hmm. of me. And I sort of allowed myself to resonate with these terms. And mm-hmm. now I'm building very, very quickly um, what has always been happening has been happening now. I'm just like, okay, this is what I am. Right. right? Yeah. Wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. Damn, that's... That's amazing. That's powerful. Yeah, and how absolutely. long how long ago was that? If you don't know, mind me asking, when did your father pass? How long ago was that? Two years. Two years. So I'd been doing stuff, but it's like even on his deathbed, I I knew I'd gotten a message that he was going to pass soon, and then I was traveling up to see him, and I sort of was like, all right, get brave. Text him sort of the visions that you see and stuff. And he's like, his text to me was like, don't think about it too much. Like you know, don't don't put too much into that it, it, it basically it's not not true or relevant or whatever right, um right so i'd been sort of building up to that i'd been doing some writing i'd been doing some um awareness on my part and really wanting to be this thing that i knew i was and then when he died i was just like fuck it what else yeah. is left i mean yeah, yeah. i was right. gonna do this so is it fair to say you had a content somewhat a contentious relationship with your dad is that not contentious, just um, he was a surgeon. So he mm. distanced himself from, like, you're not to be emotional. Right. With all the trauma with my sister, it was like, we're not going to do this thing. In fact, when he died, he he there was like a week of transition for him. And I was on a late night shift one night. It was like 2 a.m. and the morphine wore off. And he started to, like, panic and get very scared. And this was Wednesday. He died on a Friday. And I remember crazy in that moment, I felt super angry with him, Mm. like Mm. instantly, because he'd never been vulnerable ever in his entire life with me. And I realized, oh, we just, I'm I'm scared of what you think of me. You have Mm -hmm. never showed any vulnerability. And I realized that because I was like, I'm pissed off. Like, this is the only moment I've ever seen you vulnerable, ever just a human, 
<laughs> sure. Right. Sure. Um, so, you sure. know. Well, you know, really, so, yeah, go ahead, Adam. Go ahead. I was going to say, probably what Barry was going to say, men of that generation yep. were definitely, uh, you know, definitely forced to, you know, not, or you just not forced to, but you, they, men don't talk about their feelings. They didn't, you know, that's not a man's thing to do. You know, you got to repress everything and hold it and, you know, and then, you know, work it out in your mind or whatever. You can't talk about your feelings. You can't display, you know, affection, you know, whatever. And especially when somebody is a surgeon who has to remove themselves from that person-to-person type interaction mm-hmm. so that they're yeah. able to perform. Yeah, you don't second-guess yourself. Right. Yeah. it's Yeah, and you do, you can't get... Well, you also can't get too emotionally attached yep. uh, because that will cloud judgment. Yeah. And, you know, especially when you're trying to, you know, save somebody in seconds and, in, 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 you know, millimeters count... Um, yeah. So, yeah. you know, you've got to be able to be in control at all times. And it seems, you know, I mean, that com- complicated with, you know, b- the generational, you know, toxic masculinity, you know, I mean, really, um, you know, that's that's got that can, that's got to be something that would be very difficult to turn off. And it would be I can understand how that can be very traumatic to the family because, you know, you don't have that. You don't have. You don't have that. You you know. You, you had a father. You maybe. You know. Maybe you didn't have a dad. You know, or something like. Mm-hmm. That. Yeah, it was just very unexpected. I mean, it was like, oh wow, okay, so there's that, and we have no time to process that. But anyway, but so now that he's transitioned, he's come through two mediums to talk to me. He's like, he's like, I am. Dude, you were so right. Like, wow. <laughs> you, you were, I was, I was an idiot. Let's just call it what it was. Wow. Dang. That was not something I didn't see that coming. Wow. That's amazing. He wrote my book with me. He's very much right here. Wow. You know, I connect with him in the version that he is now. He's come through two mediums and like they nailed it. He's like, he just nailed my dad. So, wow. Um, He's very much like, yep, okay, get now. Wow, that's amazing. You were describing your your uh, that first thing as a child that you sensed the love and the and just sort of a, that overwhelming feeling and and I've I've listened to a lot of people talk about DMT trips and and that what you described sounds very similar in that as adults they'll take these you know ayahuasca you know week long therapeutic trips and um uh, and uh, often they'll talk about the amount of love that you feel is very intense and as a child it's the one thing that's anchored me here for sure yeah i mean i think as a child maybe we're able we could tap into that if you're you know if you're like yourself i i could never tap into that maybe i could but i that over time, isn't it weird how over time that veil just kind of gets more and more like, you know, it's harder to go back to the child mind. That's just as an adult, it's it, you know, if you don't practice and you don't, that's why creativity, I think, is important or something that you can do in that kind of a mm-hmm. thing. It's like because you can tap into that part of your brain that's less in the real, in the reality and more in the esoteric or the you know whatever state that is that we can tap into yeah it just takes practice it takes being open to the fact that that is who we really are and that this is all 
an illusion. It feels really solid. Right. You're not going to convince me it's not until you transition. You're like, oh, so that was a dream within a dream. Okay, now I get it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It also the what you were uh, the the being enveloped in love uh, when you were a child. It also sounds similar to what some people describe uh, with near death experiences. You know, right, right. So uh, it's just, it's very interesting, but it is, you know, I mean, it is that um, it's the importance of love and loving people and just, you know, and yeah. having connections is just obviously, yeah. be, and having them beyond the, you know, the, this world or, you know, whatever mm-hmm. this world is. Just, yeah. I, I had a, uh, yeah. I had an experience. I, I was in the, I was in the room when my grandfather passed away and it changed me forever because I never, I just never experienced anything like that. It was so palpable. And, you know, it was like, you can kind of describe, you can try to describe it to people, but until, you know, you've experienced it for yourself, you just can't understand. It's like you, you, I don't know what I saw, but I did see something that told me that there is something else beyond what we can understand in the here and now. And, uh, if you ever have, I've, I've said this before, if anyone ever has the opportunity and you're scared about that situation, I would uh, strongly encourage you to be present while that is happening because you will, for, you'll forever be changed. And, um, you know, everybody's experience is a little bit different, but also kind of the same, you know? So, yeah, I often talk about like when I'm teaching about consciousness and all of that other stuff. It's like the only way that we can have a physical experience is is if our consciousness, which is connected to all it is, puts up some level of barrier. Mm-hmm. And so those barriers are called limitation. Right. That's what they're called. They're called this concept of separation and division. You look like you, I look like me. Mm-hmm. We appear to be separate. So right. we take we we take this narrative and we hang on to it. I am separate from spirit. No, actually, you're not. You're spirit expressing itself through a lens of physicality. So if you begin to chew on those, be like, all right, if that's the case, if I'm going to always be me forever and ever, um, continue to expand upon me, um, I I am spirit, so I can connect with spirit. Like, it's not something I can connect with multidimensional personality essences i can connect with things because it's all about vibration right literally so when my mom died she just shifted vibration mm-hmm. she extracted her consciousness from the concept of physicality as everyone does when they die which is why you can talk to people when they're dead because mm. <laughs> they're yeah. still there right right Are, as far as your family goes was there anyone else that was gifted in that way or are you the only one or do you know um so I have a brother who's 10 years older and he and my, my sister-in-law said they experienced something when my mom died. They're like, there's, there was something palpable about that transition. Um, mm-hmm. Nobody else has any interest with which is why I felt so alienated, which is why right. no one ever talked to me about being intuitive or sensitive or HSP or having inclinations um, of knowing things, um, sensing people like, no, I was kind of on my own, which is felt, which is why I didn't nurture it because mm-hmm. I didn't, didn't know what it was. Right. right. I just knew it was different, and that caused me a lot of pain. However, there were also times that I didn't talk about, but I do talk about in the book, where like I was suicidal. I, mm-hmm. I I had 
cut, I would cut in high school. And I remember cutting one day and hearing a voice going, not your time. And I felt the essence of what it was, wow. which is what I felt when I was three. So I'm like, all right, oh, wow. down, done with that. Dang. That's, that's, that's heavy. That's really heavy. Do you feel like, is there that, that, that voice or whatever that you hear, um, is that something that you have to develop, you know, like that gut instinct or the thing, you know, cause I, I, I know what you're talking about, but I think a lot of people out there, sometimes we push those things aside and we say, well, that's not, I'm, I, I'm just going to ignore that because that may be something I don't want to hear right now. You know, is that, do you, do you, do you, is that a process of you learning how to hear that and go with it or what, what? Everybody hears it. They just don't think they do because they have a certain definition of what it's supposed to sound like. Right. Everybody. So part of the idea is that it's supernatural. If you don't define yourself as supernatural, when you have a thought about, you're looking at a picture on your wall and you think, ha, I used to drive mom crazy that that picture, that pictures were crooked on the wall. Normal people, well, normal, I mean, average people go, that's a thought. That's a communication from mom, right? It's how you define it. We're getting Mm. communication all the time from, from entities, from dead people. We just don't label it as such. So we don't categorize it as such. So we don't, we don't identify it as such, but everybody is having multidimensional conversations all the time. Wow. That's so fascinating. Yeah, definitely. And that does, you know, when you do have that, that thought that normally wouldn't pop into your head or that kind, or you feel, or you maybe symmetry, strange symmetry, or you notice a pattern or things, or you notice. So like that, you know, that is, I guess that is, some like, someone trying to communicate to you in a way that you can understand it, and mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of us, a lot of people that just well, I don't know if it's that they can't or that they don't want to or right. that it right. is just um, you know more difficult for them. And of course, a lot of it is because of the way we have our uh, society set up with our you know with the religions and with education yeah. and and. Right. science and you know all these things yeah. that are meant to explain away the universe it's yeah and it, it, make sep- us feel comfortable so absolutely not, you know scared <laughs> existing i think a lot a lot of it too is like trying to, to separate the body from the mind like there's a lot of that you see in today's society you know there's a lot a lot of that where it's like you know and, I, and I'm guilty of it myself. I mean, I believe me, but you know, it's like just kind of being a slave to your own thoughts and just like, if it feels good, do it. You know, it's like that, you know, it's a very American idea also. So <laughs> it's, well, here's something you can chew on as well. You're not actually the thinker of your thoughts. You're the translator of vibration. Yeah. Right. So everything that you think is actually a translation of an energy that exists within the ether, like a radio station, you tune into it, you translate it. So you're literally a station. You're translating, translating. If you have a good day and everything's upbeat, you're like translating happy, happy, happy. Uh, yeah, you're in man. a bad mood, you're translating negative, negative, negative. You're translating, because you're a non-physical consciousness, translating vibration through 
this mental capability called thought, which we can identify. So that's that's what we're doing. That's we're a just great way to that's a great way yeah. to put it. Really, and it, I you know, and we've discussed too before on this show about the ether or whatever that thing is that we can all tap into. Um, for whatever reason, in certain certain situations, you know, you're able to tap into that thing, and you know, it's funny because the the full moon just happened, and my wife had three days of hell. Just <laughs> everything that could have gone wrong went wrong, and I was like, finally, she goes to work on Monday, slams her finger in the door of her car, and I'm like, you should, you just need to come home and start over, like just. <laughs> erase the past three days, you know, uh, I, I've learned to kind of listen to that too, where it's like, things just aren't going my way. So I'm going to reset somehow. You know what I mean? I'm going to, I'm going to turn in a circle three times, you know, uh, light some sage on fire or something. I, I got to change my luck mm. here, you know? Um, but we can change tap the stations. Exactly. Change the station, man. That's it. You know, it's like, you know, find the positivity and hopefully the positivity keeps sort of building, you know, I mean, yeah, yeah. I love that. That, that, uh, that's a great way to put it. You know, sometimes the, t- sometimes the, 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 the radio stations are playing some bullshit music, you know, you got to change it, man. Oh, all yeah. the time. I just went through a period of like in the winter, I get very down. I get very depressed. I get very like reclusive. Yep. I, I just have a really hard time because my physicality does not do well in the cold and the dark. So I start to translate like, Oh my God, life is going to shit. Yeah. Like it's, all, yeah. it's all a waste. What am I doing here? And then the, we're about to hit daylight saving. I'm like, oh, it's not so bad. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah. Spring will come. Yeah, it's yeah. true. Yeah. My, it's, my radio yeah. was, my radio was stuck on like early cure and Depeche mode for, for a long time. Hey, but, that's okay. Uh, you know, that's okay. <laughs> I mean, it's not bad, but you know, I definitely was very, you know, I mean, stuck on a long time that I really had, you know, a lot of depression and, you know, like wasn't able to, uh, you know, kind of really get out of it very much at all. But now, you know, I've gotten older and I've learned more things and I, you know, adjust, you know, take medication and, you know, do all those things, everything that I can't, you know, things to make me not there, you know, and to make me where now I can let go of the that heaviness, you know. Yeah. I can, re- you know, I'm like, oh, okay, that's just, you know, where my brain is now, and it's not real, and I don't need to have that, you right. know. And I do, you know, change those things around. So yeah, I that's, I think it is like changing a station. You just got to figure out how to tap into it, I guess. Yep. Yeah, and part of it is we don't realize what the actual benefit of that is. It's like instead yeah. of depression, sometimes I like to just refer to it as compression because when we can't find the answers right. without so outside of us, we go within, and there's a natural rhythm to going within to finding. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of times during these periods, a lot comes up for me. Like this mm-hmm. winter, there was a lot of stuff that came up from my youth that I had to process through. Right. Um, in order to get to something else that is another version of me that doesn't have to hang on to that stuff. How do you do that? What is your method of working through things like that? Is there something that you can share with that that may help people? Like, how do you process these things? You know, like. I was very, um, so I'm very much out there. So I know that anything that I can think of as a, 
a track that that will access particular mem- memories and things. And I also know that within me, there's a stream of well-being. This thing that I knew was there when I was three. So I can have. I oftentimes refer to this as having a, like a binocular perspective. Mm. As human beings, we've got this binocular perspective, and we don't we don't harness it because with binoculars, if you separate them too far apart, it looks like two separate realities. But you, when you, when you pull them together, you get this holistic picture. And when we view ourselves as only physical, we're missing half the picture. Mm -hmm. So I, I harness that even though part of me is having this experience of contraction, the other part of me is, is solid. And the only reason I can experience contraction is because this positivity is here. It's the science experiment. The very the contract the 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 consistent thing is how you know where the variables are going. Right. Because yeah. there's something consistent. Sure. So I I use my understanding and my intellect to know that okay, so I'm having this what I perceive to be a negative experience, and the only way I can have it is if a if there's something in it for me to learn. So I need to figure out what am I trying to reflect to myself in this experience. Right. Right. And b this other thing is present 24-7. So anytime I want to get back to it, I can. It's not lost. It's not I'm not disconnected. I'm not blocked. It's not lost. It's it's this very multivariate experience. And so and I also try not to shame myself for being there. Like it's where I am. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. don't I don't have to change it instantly. I don't have to be something different. I don't have to get rid of it. I don't have to be, I can't stand this bullshit of positive vibes only. That is such garbage yeah like it's right. just not helpful sure yeah, yeah it's not realistic Mm-mm. and sometimes you need the and i you know i adam and i i know adam and i have known each other our entire lives so we, we we know pretty much everything about each other and i will say that like sometimes it's just my personality that i need the down sometimes mm-hmm. in order to be uh, to change my path or to be creative in some way, mm-hmm. like um, you can draw from that f- to do good, but it's when you allow that to consume yourself and you're not kind yeah. to yourself. Like the way that you described, you handle things is so much healthier and a kind way to. We're so hard on ourselves, and it, and it really it manifests itself in such different ways with different people. And I think one of the most interesting things about getting older is understanding where people are coming from a little bit more and allows you to be a bit more compassionate, you know, Um, Mm -hmm. even though we certainly have our days when we're not compassionate, but um, it's, well, the other thing is there's a misunderstanding of contrast. People, there's this weird idea that everything's supposed to be perfect because people get upset when things aren't perfect. And what they don't understand is that contrast is what launches the new. Right. And you can't, you have to have it. It is an essential component. It's North and South Pole, man. Right. It's essential for the equilibrium of your mm-hmm. experience as a physical being to have contrast. And so if you can look at it more as if it's just, um, if it's, I instead of positive and negative, which are terms of judgment, I've moved away from that. I'm like, is it a constricting experience or is it expanding? And people can sort of tell whether they're starting to constrict yeah, yeah, yeah. emotionally, energetically, vibrationally, or are they expanding? And right. if you just notice that, there's a because we have it's not the same level of connotation with those words. It's not the same level of ooh, that's bad. It's yep. like yeah. that's constricting. Oh, okay, so I don't really want to be that way. Yep. What can I do in this moment to offer myself some relief to, to move in a different direction. And knowing that it's just this revelatory process 
will continue until we transition back. It's the way it is because we want to look at ourselves from another perspective. Everybody here on planet Earth signed up for this. You, you guys were the first in line. You're like, yes, me, please. Right. Yes. Right. I want to go forth and I want to experience myself from a different perspective, from a different mm. POV, right? Like, yeah. Because infinite, in, infinite, you know, consciousness is infinite. So why not have another perspective for, you know, a handful of years? Sure. Yeah. So the extra dimensional uh, entities and beings that you, you know, what, who, what are those? So for me at the moment, it's a, it's what I call my higher self because that, and so dimensions too, I want to just talk a little bit about dimensions or tell you more about that, how I connect to that. But people often think about dimensions as going up or down. They're like, Oh, I want to go up in dimensions and I'm ascending. Mm -hmm. I'm an ascended master. It's like actually just following your doing being happy is ascension because when you, when you expand in your energy, you're actually transitioning dimensions and it's, it's an omnidirectional thing. It isn't like I'm going up hierarchically. Gotcha. It's like, it's just every which way because you're in joy. Right, That's ascension. Right, right. Wow. Um, but I had a vision of this version of me and everybody has a higher self, whether they want to know about it or not, it's just their you know, path. You don't have to know about it to have it, but it's, it's like your consciousness creates, um, a, a version of a pocket of information for lack of a better word that is here to help guide you through this maze of earthly process. And so, um, I, I had, oh, I had always had such a great excitement and I followed channels. I listened to channels. I coveted like mediums and people who were having all of these, um, you know, crazy experiences. And that's, that was my greatest excitement and greatest joy. Um, my block was, I thought I had to be look a certain way because I was following certain people and they did it in a certain way. And so mm -hmm. I negated the way that it was always happening for me in my adult life, but it, it came through in writing. That was the easiest way was just to access. Um, and even when I go back and read my book, I'm like, Oh, I should be nicer to myself. Cause <laughs> this voice is really nice. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So let's talk about the, you've, you've had a couple of books. Um, mm -hmm. with, so where uh, the, the, the most recent book, tell us a little bit about that and um, kind of what the journey it was to kind of get to the point to where you, found a subject that you wanted to to write about again so usually so it's called the halfway is the guidebook for strengthening your intuitive connection because we're all halfway mm -hmm. we're all halfway spirit we're all halfway physically focused uh -huh. we're actually 100 percent non-physically focused but it's easier to say halfway people can get on board with halfway um usually what happens for me in my writing process is i latch onto a word or a phrase and i was listening to somebody and they talked about um and they were they're actually a uh, extra dimensional channel and they talked about being a halfway being someone who is bridging the gap between mm -hmm. uh, physically focused and understanding that we live in a multi-dimensional reality and their yeah. consciousnesses intelligences and beings or whatever you want to call them of um multitudes and i was like bing that's it that's it that's my that's my book and so what I do is I follow the bits and pieces of exciting words or phrases, and then I end up building blocks. They end up mm. being building blocks okay. to 
eventually being a book. And so for the first year, I didn't write, I didn't do anything because I believe in synchronistic time. I believe in playing with an idea, yeah. chewing on it, enjoying it, mm-hmm. just just savoring it. And I have like an intuitive barometer that I can tell when I an idea has filled up enough for me to put my fingers to the keyboard and not suffer and not struggle. Wow. Um, so I just played with it for a year. And it actually, in all the, all the questions, there's like tw- 20 or 30 different um, they're actually more like statements or challenges that people gave me. They're like, I struggle with, um, you know, wondering if it's intuition or my imagination, like these 20 different, 30 different statements that people told me. And I took those and I'm like, all right, this is what we're going to write about with the main theme being we're halfways. And how do I help you strengthen your intuitive connection as you read this? So everything from the format of the book because it's not your typical self-help book. Because in your typical, if you go to the bookstore and you just pull a bunch of self-help books off, there's usually a typical structure. They have the bulk of a chapter content. They have a summary of the content. And then they have what they want you to do. Here are some mm. things to do. Um, I don't do that because I tell people to follow their intuition. I'm not giving you prescriptive. I'm not giving you standardized personal development. I give a topic area I invoke a thought process, and then I say, what jumped out to you? What did you like? Mm, right. Right. Because I want every aspect of the book to invoke your connection with your intuitive inclinations, thoughts, ideas, processes. Um, so that's what I did. Wow. That's cool. <laughs> that is so cool. <laughs> Writing a book seems like a huge task. And... Um, I know a lot of people that try and just give up at a certain point. So as a writer, I mean, did you ever feel like you, did, it, did it take time for you to find your voice or is that something that you just sort of have always sort of loved doing? No, the first book was a piece of junk. It stayed in the drawer. It never saw the light of day. The second book was also quite kind of a piece of junk because I tried to, I was trying really hard to quote unquote, write a good book. And so I was taking things that other people had said and tried to make it into my, I was really forcing it. Mm -hmm. Um, The the second help self-help book. So the first one was just a, just a PDF. And then the second, the first one I published, the second one was where I hit rock bottom and actually worked with somebody in personal development, super famous guy. Um, Mm. It's where I realized that most of personal development is standardized, and okay. it, a lot of it's about money. Was, um, sure. it, the, was it the was it the comedian carrot top? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, sorry. You said super famous. Yeah. So I mean, you know, in the world of personal development, oh, yeah, he, was okay. a, he was in a movie that shh, can't say the name. Okay. Get it? Well, uh-huh. too, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, so. When I wrote the first book, I had come off of a stint. I had no money. I had no self-esteem. I had like nothing left. I'm like, what do I what do I have left? I have my intuition. I have my ability to transform fear and I have who I am authentically. That's yeah. what I have. Right. So that was the the accelerate your mojo. It's called Seven Simple Steps to Ignite Intuition, Shake Off Fear, and and Unleash the Real You. That had more, much more of okay, I'm gonna allow myself to write mm-hmm. some things that are my own way of viewing things. Um, and I really got more comfortable. Um, this halfway's book was very much 
like, okay, we're just going to let this roll and it's going to be way more my voice. And it's going to be, I I got better at writing. I got better at sentence structure. I got better idea communication. Um, yeah. And the next one I'm going to write is actually a stinger. I might even not even put my name on it because if I told you the title, you'd be like, "What?" (laughs) (laughs) that's great. Get this. We call it what's your weird story, right? But we don't limit it to weird stories. It's true. Sometimes we have crazy travel and epic adventure stories. Sometimes we do book reports and other special episodes. Sometimes we'll cover some weird news. Sometimes I'll see one of my oldest, dearest friends just dancing around and punching the air for five minutes before we sit down and record an episode. But hey, it's all good because it's fun to talk to people, to make new friends, to get in touch and reacquainted with old friends and hear amazing stories. History and people are messy and it's so it's complicated. And it's like, you know, I was actually talking to somebody about this the other day about serial killers and stuff. And it's like, as awful of, of, of human beings as they are, at a certain point in time, they were a, a naive, young, moldable mind, for the most part. I mean, sure, there's people out there that obviously weren't, but um, mm-hmm. which is why I'm fascinated by so many of those topics. But um, it is. It, it is messy, and it's not quite as perfect as what people... That's where we get into trouble when we start trying to put people in a box, you know, because it's like, dude, you just can't, you you know, you can't do that because it's, it's messy. Yeah. People keep, they, 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 they create atrocities, right? They, they create these situations. They hurt other people in horrendous ways. In fact, I'm surprised Highland Park didn't ring any bells for you guys. July 4th, Highland Park, ring yeah. the bells. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There was yeah. a mass shooter in our town. That's right. And yeah. I live close to the park parade route. Wow. Well, you know, unfortunately, um, it's come to the point in our nation where every day almost, or every other day, there's a mass shooting. And so mm-hmm. here, you know, it's not even, it's almost. It's old hat. Yeah. It's not even – it's noticeable anymore, and that's what's so terrible. Mm-hmm. So, it, Well, my point, my point being is that, like, all of these atrocities that we commit mm. against each other, it, it's a very sensitive subject because everybody goes to this place you call heaven. Every mm. single person – this is what I figured out when my mom transitioned. Everybody goes back to pure love. It, it, it matters what you do here. But ultimately, everyone returns to pure love, and you just got to choose your journey. How are you going to get from point A to point B? Yeah. I would never condone that. I would never say that that's okay. But ultimately, everybody goes back to pure love. Right. Yeah. It's a, I think that's one of the more interesting aspects of the life that we live. This life that we live, we're set up by a, a, you know, set of laws and, we can't change some of them. I mean, physical laws, you know, um, these, these things that we're born into. And, um, I do have to ask you this just because I think we, I think it'd be interesting to, I just want to get your perspective on it, but where do aliens fit in with your, do you have an, you have a thought on that? Where, where do you stand? Sure. Um, so alien just means foreign. 
That's all that word means. Foreign, something unknown to you. Um, In a multidimensional universe, there exists everything and anything, right? So our perception of this thing we call alien will filter through our imagination. And that's why people have all different varieties Mm -hmm. of what they call alien. All it means is a level of consciousness that's benevolent, by the way. It's not like you see in the movies. Yeah. It's benevolent. And they have a higher level of vibration than we through our physical lens have, which is why we go to fear. Right. Because we're not and we're we're in long enough, in the next twenty years, we will experience this thing called alien communication. Right. Mm. We're we're ready. Which is why we see so many movies about it, right. which mm-hmm. is why we see multiple timelines in the Marvel Universe. Like mm-hmm. We're experiencing and experimenting through literature, through movies, through, you know, the government just had flying objects. You know, it's yeah, like yeah, we're, right. we're kind of getting our toes wet and we're saying, oh, do I have to be scared? You don't have to be scared. Nothing's yeah. going to come shoot you down or capture you. It's like... They exist at a higher frequency right. than we do. Mm-hmm. They come from the abundance and unconditional nature of love. So however you translate that, you know, if it's a, a, a you know, a skin suit guy with bulgy eyes or, right. you know, an octopus man, like your imagination translate the energy as is because you, there's something in that for you. Right. It just mm-hmm. means foreign. It just means unknown. That's all sure. it means. Yeah. Yeah, I'm always curious because, uh, well, you know, it, it is such a it's a subject that it's like I I'm still shocked that there, there's not more attention paid, you know, to some of the sightings and the things like that. I get it, I get it. At the same time, I feel like it's pretty important that we start trying to understand our world in those terms, you know. It's, well, here's a, here's something that'll blow your mind too. So there's not actually one world, there's multiple worlds, right? Because your consciousness projects itself here and every single moment, every single moment, like some quantum physicists con- conjectured there was like 9 billion moments of now in a second. There's probably infinite, but whatever. Right. You deal with mathematical constructs. So in every single one of those billions of moments, your consciousness is recreating the world in which you live, which is why when you change your belief systems... You change the world in which you live. You change what you access as a memory, which is why you can't access certain memories because you're now a different person. Right. So those who want and have an interest in this thing called alien contact will have it because they're interested in it. Other people won't have it. Right. They're not interested. True. That's true. That's... So it's not just one world. There's billions yeah. of worlds. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. They're, 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 and multiple universes and everything. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's all these things that were, you know, the for so long we're just science fiction and imagination and we're finding out that you know those things are a lot of them are coming to be you know real and of course that means you know well how much of that was is real or was constructed or you know did we tap did people tap into the consciousness that allowed them to create you know yes. to write the, be creative and create these yes. fictions or is it because these people have these fictions in them, then they create it? They've created a world where those things are now occurring. That's uh, that's one thing that I've well, everything thought. exists here and now. Okay, so if right. you think about, it, I remember watching the movie The Revenant, and that takes place in the 1700s. Yeah, mm-hmm. and for some reason, whatever reason, while I was watching that, I was like, "Holy shit!" The internet existed then. So, our society is always a reflection of our level of consciousness. In the 1700s, we didn't have a level of consciousness to create the internet, but the internet right. was here. Right. We just didn't 
have a need for it based yeah. on our level of consciousness. So yeah. everything exists here and now. And as we expand our consciousness, because we become, re- we realize what is already here in the infinite nature of mm-hmm. everything and all that is. So it's already here. You're just a translator of vibration. Yeah. That is, it's kind of mind blowing that we, we, I think it's interesting that we live in the time when we've gone from analog, pretty, I say analog. I mean, of course, computers been around forever, but for the most part, I mean, you know, we were born in an analog time. I'm speaking for Adam and I, I'm not speaking on you. I'm just saying that Adam and I, we, we date ourselves back to, uh, the mid seventies and we grew up in a time when things were much more, you know, one-on-one, uh, you know, we're sort of involved in this reality together to where now, whatever it is that you want to get into, you can get into and stow yourself away and never come out of your room and for the most part be okay. I mean, you know, I don't know if you're okay, but uh, you've, you're mm-hmm. living in your own reality. That's for damn sure. That wasn't a thing, really. When we were no, kids. it wasn't a thing because we weren't, as a general consciousness, ready for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When you're ready for it, we're creating it now yeah. on a level that's like almost in hype. It's almost like time has become more flexible because we realize, you know, time is different on the moon. Like time itself is a flexible construct. Right. So, you know, and then that's another way to expand, or we expand our consciousness, you know, and so we're ready for this thing called alien contact. And by the way, I was born in 1970, so. Okay, good. <laughs> All right. Good, good, good. Yeah. Same, same. It's, it's, it, I love it. It's, it's, it's fascinating. So I think it's, we just live in a great time, you know, like our grandparents grew up in a time when they lived through a pretty bad you know, depression and they saw multiple world world wars and they saw the car, you know, they saw cell phones come into existence, you know, the landline, whatever, um, a shuttle taking off. Like that's pretty mind blowing, you know? Yeah. We're having fun with it now. And now we yeah. realize, wait, there's more to play with. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and well, we have you know we have the information, and we have the information grows at such a rate now. What we, our knowledge, what we know of the universe, grows our at such a rate now. Our awareness already there. It, yes, yeah, yeah, exactly. It grows at such a rate now where you know, I mean, it used to take a long time for technological and you know progress for for progress as you know. As our species, and then you know, of course, you get to, uh, you know, you start with the industrial age, but you really get into the post-industrial age. You get into the 20th century, and it literally, you, you know, by the half, just about the halfway point, we're we're on the moon. You know, where right. is you know, in and under 50 years before, we're just you know kicking off of, off of the ground with the with a motor. You know, so right. and now we're you know. Sending, yep. you know, millionaires' cars into orbit. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you yeah, know, and 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 because and we do have the access to all the information, and you know, we do some of it. it you know, there are things where it's like we're not ready for it. You know, I think I I will say till you know forever that the social media that we're I don't think we were ready for that. Um, yeah. That's an experiment that's not been that's I think that's poisoned the well a little bit. But, you know, we will we move through things um, and, you know, we will learn from it 
And you know, if we get the next maybe yes. the next go around is not going to be as bad. <laughs> but it's a reflection of us. That's what the yeah. internet is. It's a reflection of the general consensus, yeah, consciousness. And so it is actually going to evolve, become something. It will not be what we know it to be because mm-hmm. as we evolve as a consciousness, it will reflect to us, yeah, what is in the general state of our consciousness as a collective. Sure, because that's truly, what reality is. It's a reflection. Yeah, right. yeah. It truly, it's a, it truly is. A, it's a zeitgeist. It's you know, it's spirit of an age, and it's going. You know, this age is going to be. You know that is going to be a longer-lasting one because it's only going to get, as with our consciousness, is our awareness is only going to get more and more and more and more. Yeah. Until mm-hmm. we're steam. You know. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's awesome. This has been a great conversation, Alice. Yes. We we appreciate you coming. Thank you for hanging in there with us and uh, giving us a shot a second time yeah. around. Um, Anything else you want to add? If, if you'd like to, for people to get in touch with you in any way, you could, you know, let people know if Instagram or email or Facebook or yeah. whatever. So you can find me on Instagram. The books are on Amazon. Um, I have a new community, which is an online community. If you like conversations like this, yeah. these are the kinds of coaching conversations I have. They're Great. people who are super interested in this, the, what, what you consider supernatural, ethereal, mm. um, spiritual, Great. and they just want to really dig in and understand themselves Great. from a different POV. That's joint. Just go to my website. It's just okay. alisonsutter.com and you can sign up for a community and it's like I do coaching in there and there's like a book club. Cause I like books. Yeah. There's Great. Things, so yeah, that's Allison with two L's and Sutter with two T's. Correct. Just thought I'd, you know, for clarity's sake, but we'll have that in, information out there as well. So that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, I think I think we got a great episode. So I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna say that uh, I think we found a good stopping spot. So beautiful. That was great. Yes. Thank you so much. That was great. A com- lot. Yeah. And a great, great conversation for sure. We like having these these types of. Uh, hopefully, that was okay on your part. We like to go off and explore. And those. I told you, I told you yeah. at one point, Barry was going to talk. Be an old. Man I know, I know, I know. I can't help it. I can't help it. I can't help well, it. I, I love these. This is what I live for: yeah. just digging in and playing. Hey, you know what we need? What's that? We need a new ad for our merch store. Our merch store. I've had a few people reach out to me and ask me, just how do we get What's Your Weird Story merch? Huh. How do we get that What's Your Weird Story merch? What's dash your, spelled Y-E-R, dash weird, dash story dot myspreadshop.com that's what's dash your spelled y-e-r dash weird dash story dot myspreadshop.com that's correct get in touch with us go buy some merch we got some cool stuff yeah dude and you know what if any of our listeners out there has some really cool ideas or has some really cool what's your weird story type art that they want to see on a t-shirt get a hold of us Maybe it'll happen. It's always nice to have an author and, uh, you know, another medium on to talk about, you know, how, how they navigate the world. And it's cool to get that perspective. Yeah. And quite a perspective. I mean, Allison has been 
communicating with uh, these multidimensional entities and and beings and since you know since she was a child and and learning how to interpret the way that they communicate you know through through signs and through people and through you know everything really when yeah. it all breaks down to it and just you know such a hopeful philosophy about how everything is love and everything you know can be made positive yeah and you know and just really like just you know deep yeah uh you know deeper than we normally get here i think maybe yeah yeah <laughs> i don't know yeah no i uh it's there's a lot of confirmation in these types of uh you know these conversations that we have we just confirming our our own feelings about things and and how how someone else interprets things and how those things are oftentimes very in line um it, it's it's great to to have conversations with people on that level and people that are you know willing to go to those mm-hmm. spaces that you you know you don't have to uh, we don't we, and we don't we don't ever hold back here uh, when we feel the uh, pull to go somewhere we're not afraid to explore some weird areas in uh, in consciousness or the universe the uh, the world that we uh, inhabit we are willing to go there with anyone who's willing to go there with us. And at any given point, we know that uh, Bear, old man Barry will show up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's inevitable, man. I was thinking about that. I'm like, I just, I'm an old guy, and I can't hide from that anymore. And I'm embracing it, I guess. One of us has to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, it is, it is, uh, on that front, it is, um, it is interesting having to navigate the world from a different viewpoint, <laughs> and age will do that to you, you know? Absolutely, man. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, once again, Allison, thank you for joining us. That was that was a great conversation, and uh, we hope that, you know, go check out her books, uh, and we hope that you guys, you know, find something there as well. And joining us next week will be uh, Larry and Larry is another author and he's written a book about some of his some of his exploits as a um, investigator and a former PI yeah and he had a really great conversation with Larry about uh, about you know about about Bigfoot yeah. and some other creatures, but yes. uh, some cryptids and stuff. So next week's cryptid heavy episode, we're excited about that. We always enjoy that, and we always enjoy talking to you, dear friends of Weirdsville. And uh, we are uh, look. We always look forward to hearing from you. We want to hear your your weird stories, but also we want to hear. Uh, we want to hear your high school hijinks. We want to hear some of the crazy stuff you guys got away with, or didn't in high school. Uh, we have a, we we have a lot of those. We like to share those stories amongst ourselves, even though we've heard them a million times before from each other. And half of them we were there with each other. We still love to share those. So we're going to be doing a special episode in the near future, featuring our high school hijinks, and we want you guys to get in on the action as well so you can contact us to set up a interview 
just like Allison did, through Facebook or through our Instagram or our Twitter accounts. Uh, you can also email us at wywspod at gmail.com. Uh, or you can even, if you'd like, call and uh, call the hotline and leave a message. And that number is 513-909-9821. We got all sorts of ways you can get a hold of us, and we would love for you to get a hold of us um, and, and share your, your, your good times, your bad times, your wild times. Uh, share your experiences and a little bit of your life and uh, have a few laughs along the way, maybe. Absolutely. We'd love to have you. Please get in touch with us. Well, that wraps up another one. We will see you next time. Uh, same same weird time, same weird channel or whatever, you know. You remember the old Batman TV series the from the 60s? Same bet time, same bet channel. That's right. Love that. Crap. Oh, so good. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Weirdsville. We love you. Till next time, be safe. Be weird. As always, if you have a weird story, we want to hear it. If you have a lot of them, we want to hear them all. We can't do this podcast without your invaluable contributions. Whether it's sharing your stories, listening, rating, and spreading the word about the podcast. Thanks for listening. Till next time, be safe. Be weird. Stories presented on the What's Your Weird Story podcast are, to our knowledge, true experiences that our guests have had. We can't take the time to research all claims made, and besides, it's just not as fun.